Okay, here we go. Now put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. Reverse. Now turn the wheel. Alright. Turn the wheel! No! Reverse! Reverse! Slow the out! Don't kill it! Kill it! Kill the owner! There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. I said reverse! Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we're doc now. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm your host, Keith Smith. I'm joined tonight by our producer, Connor Alcon. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be back after what seems like forever I haven't been on. Yeah, a couple weeks off. Con took an extended all-star break, so he's <laughs> he's back, refreshed, and ready to go. Our buddy Pete is not going to join us tonight. He is out and about dealing with some stuff, so uh, our thoughts are with him and his family right now, but everything's good. He, he's he's okay, so just some things he's got to deal with, so he will be back with us soon. So what Con and I are going to do, as per usual with the show, we're going to talk all the latest transaction. Lots of 10-day contract maneuvering going on. Uh, we had our final couple of guys get bought out and sign with teams so we'll touch on all of those and then towards the end of the show we're going to each go through a few guys young players that we're looking forward to watching the rest of the season with one exception these guys are not the this is not the ben simmons and jason tatum because because obviously we're really excited to watch those guys but we're gonna uh talk um that but then there is one guy that i think everybody's excited about but we're gonna get into him because i think he's still an interesting case so so let's start it these are kind of of chronologically uh as best as i could piece it together today so the first one is travis ware signed a 10-day contract with the los angeles lakers the lakers had been down a couple roster spots after making all their trade deadline maneuvering and then waving and buying out Corey brewer so where he's a nba guy's been kind of on the fringes of the NBA for a little bit. He's played the entire season with the South Bay Lakers in the G League, the Lakers G League affiliate team. And he's come up and he's actually stepped right into the rotation and has been playing kind of key minutes. I I was listening to some other shows and watching some other analysis and people had thought they've got some guys kind of down, especially with Brandon Ingram hurt. And a lot of people, Luol Deng was made active. A lot of people thought, he was going to get in there and get minutes, but instead all those minutes have gone to Travis Ware. Connor, have you had a chance to see Ware play at all? Um, well, I, I saw a few highlights, um, but I just know, or what I wanted to say with Travis Ware, and I mean, I know we're going to get to him later, but Nigel Hayes uh, was on the Lakers as well, and it seems like they're just going through these wing guys that, um, that have shown range in the G League and see if... Uh, they can kind of provide something uh, for the Lakers here, but if it, like a few G League stats um, for Travis Ware this year, he was 16.2 points a game, um, shooting 42 percent from the three on seven attempts a game. So I real, know, seven attempts so a game, volume and, shooter, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And let, but I'm going to interrupt you for a second. If you're not familiar with this guy, he's six foot ten. 
Um, so if, if you're, if the name kind of sounds familiar to you, but you don't know, he is, he has a twin brother, Davis Ware. they, they started, I believe started their career at North Carolina and then transferred to UCLA, if I remember right. So that's, that may be where you, uh, if the name sounds familiar, where you might know them from, but, but go ahead. Yeah, that is right. North Carolina and then transferred to UCLA. So, uh, go ahead, Cotton, go ahead and finish out his, his kind of G League profile. Yeah, um, so he also uh, crashes the boards uh, pretty well at eight rebounds a game, two assists a game, and um, that's kind of all I have. Haven't watched him too much aside from a few highlights here and there. Yeah, the Lakers are kind of using him almost as a, a big three. Um, is really how they've utilized them to the to this point. It's only been a couple of games, so I don't want to go too crazy with it. But he has stepped right in in his playing minutes uh, on this ten day. Which, if you're a guy on a ten day, getting any kind of minutes is a good. Good sign, yeah. Twenty nine minutes per game over the two games he's played. So, and he's gotten up those eight three pointers in those uh, in the, in that time. So he's definitely letting it fly and making sure he. I'm sorry, fourteen minutes per game, twenty nine minutes total. That's my fault. I was misreading his stat line. He also played for the Knicks a few years back in the 2015 season. Uh, Fifty one games with the Knicks didn't didn't do a whole heck of a lot there either. So you know, but good for a guy like Ware. This is what the G League is for to me. It's, you know, reward. I like when guys get rewarded that are already in the system. I I think that makes a lot of sense to bring that up. And we're going to get into another guy like that as we kind of go through uh, this list and get down towards the bottom. Anything else on where, Con? All right, good. Uh, So now we're going to get into a handful of guys who signed second 10-day contracts. And if you're not familiar with how 10-day contracts work, they're what exactly it sounds like. It's a contract for 10 days or for three games, whichever takes longer to get through. So occasionally you'll see a guy sign and he's actually on the roster for 12, sometimes even 13 days if the teams have a lot of days off in there. So and you can sign a player to two 10-day contracts. When the second one expires, you either have to sign them for the rest of the season or you need to let them go and be a free agent. Did so, they, did they yeah, change that? Did they change that, Keith? Because I feel like it was three last uh, year. No? It's been two at least for two? a number of years. Okay, then I'm mistaken. Yep. Yeah, so it's so two 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 ten days, and then you kick them back um, if you're re-signed for the rest of the year. Occasionally, what you'll see teams do: some teams find the kind of diamond in the rough player that's the guy we're going to talk about next is Troy Williams from the New York Knicks. He signed a second ten day. Williams was waived earlier this uh, off or this season rather by the Houston Rockets when they acquired both Brandon Wright and Joe Johnson on the buyout market. They needed to free up a second roster spot, and Williams unfortunately was the guy who was let go that was tough for the Rockets because they really like him second 10 day with the Knicks pretty much since he's been there he's been getting fairly consistent minutes off the Knicks bench with a lot of injuries in New York and now they're starting to kind of sit some veterans here and there around Williams has you know really made the most of his opportunity I would not be surprised at all if the Knicks sign him to for the rest of the season and keep Troy Williams there he's just a guy a lot of NBA teams like if they don't re-sign him for the remainder of the year someone else is going to snap him up on another 10 day and start playing you know the two 10 day game with him and going into it so you know at this point still more of an athlete i think than he is a, a fully formed basketball player so we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on him but i do think there is a chance he gets re-signed for the remainder of this season he might even get one of those deals where it's the rest of this year and then he gets a the the you're tacked on to that partial or non-guaranteed. So, you know, as the Knicks are, the Knicks are still in the point where they're trying to mine as much talent as they can find 
and go through it from there. The next guy, second 10-day contract for Shaq Harrison of the Phoenix Suns. He came up and did one 10-day with, with them. He's on a second. He's kind of a combo guard. He's six foot four. We talked about him a little bit in the prior episode. Pete and I did. He has played in seven games with the Suns over the course of these two 10-day contracts. Has shot it terribly. 31% from the field, 25% from three. He's only averaging two points. He's only playing about 11 and a half minutes a game. He's been getting really kind of the backup point guard minutes behind Alfred Payton which there's not a lot of because Payton's playing a considerable amount it's it's unclear at this point if Harrison's really an NBA player or not he's again another guy who was with the Northern Arizona Suns so brought up through the system to the Phoenix Suns he replaced Josh Gray who was on a couple of 10 days and was let go early from his second one Harrison's a, a guy probably his most interesting thing to me was this past weekend he actually closed the game against the Atlanta Hawks when both sides were closing with players on 10-day contracts which showed how much both sides really wanted to win that game uh it was not a uh it was not a basket it was not an excellent basketball game down the stretch but it was exciting so the, well the next guy we're, we're not going to really spend any time because pete and i already broke it down in depth but trevor booker did officially sign with the indiana pacers and we're recording this on wednesday night the 7th he is making his pacers debut as we record this he's getting into his first game there all right the next guy on the list is antonius cleveland he signed a second 10-day contract with the atlanta hawks he has not actually appeared in a game for the atlanta hawks he did play on a series of uh or on a non-guaranteed deal earlier this season with the Dallas Mavericks he appeared in 13 games with the Mavericks uh very very few minutes only about six minutes per game there and then the Mavericks let him go back to the G League the Hawks signed him they they signed him to a second 10 day part of what's going on we're going to talk about this a little more in depth with the Cleveland Cavaliers but NBA teams have a roster minimum that they need to meet, and that's kind of seems to be what's going on here with the uh, with the, rather the Atlanta Hawks as uh, Cleveland seems to be pegged towards meeting that that roster minimum. I do know some scouts liked this guy coming into the draft, six foot six. He's got good size. He's a shooting guard. Uh, you know, was known as a a scorer at the collegiate level. He had played for Southeast Missouri State, averaged about tw- uh, almost thirteen points a game as a uh, college player. Six 16.6 in his final year but he probably at this point more looking like he might be a G League lifer kind of guy but good for him you know for for you know taking the opportunity to make a little bit of money other guy Walt Lemon Jr. Uh, second 10-day contract with the Pelicans it was kind of funny when when I had tweeted out hey this has officially happened now he has signed his second 10-day I had a couple Pelicans fans respond back with why <laughs> which is always a uh, kind of funny I know he's Played a little bit for them, um, not a ton. Uh, there, it's, it looks like he's gotten in four games over the course of his two ten-day contracts. Well, with the with the Pelicans, I don't know if you've seen him at all, Con. Yeah, I mean he he's a pretty explosive guard. Get can get into the mm-hmm. lane. Uh, can de- has definitely shown at least in the G League the ability to finish in crowded areas, um, like on contests and such too. And uh, he's a lefty six three point guard. Uh, leading the the Fort Wayne Mad Ants in scoring, yep. besides for uh, TJ Leaf, who only played three games for them, um, so I think he 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 struggles to shoot it very effectively. Um, but again, his ability to get in the lane and drive and kick is is helpful. But I think uh, he's a defensive liability, so I don't know if um, he'll be able to stick. 
uh, but he did get signed to his second 10-day, so I think uh, he, he has a shot here with the Pelicans who, who do need some guard depth. No, they definitely do. And just to run through his G League uh, stats, he's in his second year with the G League. He he was there in 2015-16 with Fort Wayne. Then in 16-17, he played overseas in both Turkey and Greece and then came back to the G League this year. As that tends to be, if you're interested in that, a lot of times what happens is these guys, the money is better overseas, but the NBA opportunities are generally better if you're in the G League, especially for 10-day contracts because you're here you're available teams can see you they can work with you so yeah 36 starts down in the g league all 36 games he's played 22.7 points per game 5.9 assists per game and 4.6 rebounds so pretty solid numbers there and 2.1 steals so but to kind of what you were saying con is i think that's more of the steals from the gambling variety as opposed to the i'm just playing solid defense and taking it away from you uh say like a Kawhi leonard type and you know 49 percent from the field uh overall which is great to see but only 31 percent from three which is a little tough when you're a 6-3 guard in the g league and he's, he's kind of a strong guy too so he can get into the paint and make plays but in the nba that's just not really going to be there if he's going to stick in the nba he's going to have to shoot it better um from that point so all right we will talk uh next marcus thornton so this one's kind of interesting this is not marcus thornton that's been you know kind of around the nba for years uh this is a different marcus thornton this one went to william and mary and he was drafted by the boston celtics and then the celtics uh way or renounced his draft rights to let him kind of sign a deal with another nba club or pursue other opportunities the Cavs signed him to a 10-day contract and then he'd been playing for their g league affiliate in canton they signed him to the 10-day and immediately assigned him right back to Canton. And this is what I was mentioning a little bit with Cleveland. What happened with Marcus Thornton is you have to have a minimum of 13 players on an NBA roster um, at any given time. And that's not including your two-way contracts. So what the Cavaliers did was they went back and said, all right, well, we've got to sign this guy, but we don't really have any interest in this guy on our roster. So they signed him to a 10-day contract to let him go. You're given two weeks to do that. So now the Cavs, we all know they are luxury taxpayers. You know, I, I would like just a share of that luxury tax payment. I think I could probably make it work for the rest of my life. Uh, but they are trying to save against the tax. So otherwise, they would just sign somebody for the rest of the year. But what they're doing with Thornton is they brought him up for two weeks. His 10-day contract expired. Now they're going to go, or brought him up for 10 days, rather, expired. Now they'll go two more weeks, and then they'll sign another 10-day. And then they'll probably go two more weeks and sign another 10-day, unless they find somebody they really love and want to bring in. All rumors are the next 10-day with Tristan Thompson being out is that they're going to go with a big and bring somebody up there likely they like to go to canton which is their their g league affiliate so you could definitely see them bring up somebody from the g league um side there uh one of the guys that i know i would look at if you're looking and they don't go with a big maybe look at isaac hamilton he was a guy who came out of ucla um for, he's a guard about six foot five there is Grant Jarrett, who has been on a couple different NBA teams in his career, about six foot ten, and then Ja'Cory Williams, who went to training camp with the Cavs, he's about six foot eight. So they, they don't have anybody really massive, you know, true center size. The biggest guy that they probably have is Jarrett, and they maybe could go that way. But that's what happened with Marcus Thornton. People, a lot of people were wondering, like, 
well, why would you do this and then immediately turn around and assign the guy? It's just, you know, meeting the CBA and playing games and covering yourself. So, all right, I know we got thoughts on the next guy because this is an NBA veteran. Shabazz Muhammad was bought out by the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he is now signed with the Milwaukee Bucks. That is all official. I believe he made his Bucks debut in their last game. Com, what are your thoughts on what Muhammad's going to bring to the Milwaukee Bucks bench primarily? Well, I think it's a good fit just in terms of athletic, lanky uh, guys that the Bucks kind of fill out their roster with. Um, I was really surprised at how much um, Shabazz Muhammad kind of fell out of favor in in Minnesota. And it seems like just with Tibbs, either players play a lot better than maybe you would expect them, or they just fall out completely. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be much middle ground uh, with with Tibbs in that in that sense. Um, so I'm I'm curious if uh, the Bucks are going to give him a shot off the bench, a legit chance to kind of show. Uh, and maybe I mean two two three years ago he had um, he would be playing 20 minutes a game, around 10 10 points a game, three rebounds, and with decent efficiency. I mean he was at 55% true shooting for three years there, his second to fourth years, um, and he just all of a sudden stopped playing. So I think there's still a player there, uh, and I think he can still provide quality bench minutes, especially for a team like the Bucks, who, who fits in so well personnel-wise. So I, I really hope he can kind of come back and find his form. Yeah, I think the problem is he's like 37 years old, so I think that's a challenge, right? <laughs> 37. <laughs> Something like that, right? Isn't that the rumor that went around? I don't even know how much stock I even put into that. I think the bigger challenge was is – his game doesn't necessarily fit in the modern NBA. He's kind of an in-between uh, guard, really. He's you know one of those bigger two guards. He loves to play down inside and get into the post. And we just don't see teams doing that um, all that much anymore. He, I like him with the box from the standpoint of it gives him a little bit of depth. But I would say on the wing pecking order, he's firmly behind both the starters, Middleton and Snell. And then Jabari tends to be kind of the next guy in that. I would say he's also behind Sterling Brown, the rookie, who is playing playing really well. And then eventually they're going to get both Della Vadova and Brogdon back. And I think those two guys both kind of leapfrog him in a sense, at least for minutes at the, the two-guard spot. Uh, there and then you've also got Jason Terry and all of that that comes along with it so it's it's I don't know how much of an impact he's gonna have with Milwaukee but I think this is a good one where if you know let's say Parker something happens and he needs a couple days off or you know let's say they can really solidify their playoff spot and they want to start resting Middleton or Snell I think you could stick Muhammad in there and not worry too much because at least he is an NBA level player so, all right, we are going to keep moving on. Sean Kilpatrick, who was waived to make room for Shabazz Muhammad, he has caught on with the L.A. Clippers. He is on a 10-day there. Um, we kind of know what Kilpatrick is at this point. He's a combo guard. He's you know, not really good enough to be a starting level uh, point guard. He's not big enough to be a starting level two guard. He doesn't you know, do anything overly great, but he doesn't do anything bad either. He's just kind of a good guy to have. And what is more curious to me is the Clippers, they did not convert Tyrone Wallace or CJ Williams and have not yet as of this recording into a standard NBA contract. And there's a lot of confusion what happens with the two-way players. So I want to take, well, Con, give me thoughts on Kilpatrick if you haven't, and then we'll talk about the two-way guys and what's going on there. 
Well, yeah, just with Kilpatrick, you said he's kind of not really bad at anything. I would go and say that he can't really finish once he gets into the lane. True. Uh, yeah. He he gets in there and then he he'll drive and kick, but a lot of those kicks are kind of wild and result in turnovers. And I think if he could either finish, maybe uh, improve his floater game, or find the right guy after getting into the lane, I think that's when he'll actually stick on a team's end of the bench instead of being jumped around uh, like he has been this year. But, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, he's six foot four, but when I watch him, he's, like, one of those guys who's six four but plays like he's, like, 6'2". Yeah. Or maybe, like, six feet even. Uh, he's not like uh, uh, like an Isaiah Thomas who's 5'9", but at times plays like he's, you know, 6'9". Uh, you know, I watched Kilpatrick, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot he's that, that kind of that big um at times and, and you're right he definitely doesn't finish as well as he could have so let's get into what's going on with the two-way guys so tyrone wallace and cj williams who can't tell me if you think if you disagree but i think both have proven their nba players uh, oh, this year through their stint so yeah so what what happens with these guys is they're both out of nba days now so neither one of them has any more days left that they can play in the nba until the uh G League season for their club, Agua Caliente, that is a Clippers G League affiliate. When that is over, both of those guys can come back and play, but then they won't be playoff eligible. So it's going to be a little weird for the Clippers who are, you know, as of this recording, are only a half game out of the playoffs, I believe it is. So it's what they could do now is if, you know, they could let Kilpatrick expire, open up that roster spot, and they can convert either guy. That neither player has to agree to it. They don't have to say yes. They can just be converted to a standard rest of the season, one-year contract, and then they would be restricted free agents this summer. They could also agree to a longer-term contract with them or a contract for more money if they had the availability to do that. They could also say, just forget it. We're going to let you go entirely, wave you and go. Um, the challenge with that is then they can't replace them because you can't bring a two-way guy back. So it's it's really a messy situation in Los Angeles. And I don't think I don't think either one of these players, what, what this whole situation says to me is the Clippers have not come with a good enough offer for either one of those players to sign anything long-term, which would be the rest of this year, plus probably some guaranteed money for the next season, something like that, which is what we've seen several other the other of the converted two-way players get. I also don't think that either one of these players has any interest in doing just a standard you know, rest of the season deal, but that might ultimately be what this comes down to. So what I can tell you for certain is it's hurting the Clippers because they're missing two guys. Wallace in particular had started a lot of games and the Clippers had done quite well with him in the starting lineup. He's actually been one of the more impressive rookies this year. The challenge is he's not getting any younger. He's already 23 years old and will be 24 in June. So towards the end of the season, beginning in next season, already be 24 years old, which is is fairly tricky so well so we'll, we'll see keith i don't know if you saw nate uh, nate duncan actually reported earlier today before we started recording that uh tyron wallace the clippers didn't um want to just give him a regular and rest of the season contract and they wanted to keep him on a team-friendly deal for the future yeah so what that screams to me is just a non-guaranteed um yep. deal and wallace didn't agree to that and isn't signing that 
because um, he probably wants a guarantee, like you were saying. So, Absolutely. Yep. So, so that's kind of just the latest on that front. Yeah. No. And that's that's exactly. Yeah. It's uh. You know. And, and Nate's awesome. And you know. Nate's just. You know. Whether he's getting fed information or just reading it right. That's exactly where I would go to as well. Because it just is not like it just doesn't make make sense why nothing else has happened. Um. With this, I can tell you if the Clippers do just convert him as a restricted free agent, they're gonna someone's gonna throw him a good offer. Um, not, it's not gonna be anything amazing, but it's gonna be good enough that it's gonna make the, uh, the, um, you know, Clipper sweat to match, especially considering their cap situation. So, all right, we'll, we'll keep moving on down the list. Ramon Sessions, second 10 day contract with the Wizards. He, he's Ramon Sessions. We don't really need to talk anything about him. We all know what he, you know, brings and doesn't bring to a team. But the next guy, Xavier Raton Mays, is a, a guy on 10 day with the Memphis Grizzlies. They needed point guard depth in the worst way. Mike Conley, uh, as we all know, out for the rest of this season. Mario Chalmers also is injured and out. Andrew Harrison out. So that is their top three point guards. They're actually starting two way contract player Kobe Simmons at the point and then Raton Mays signed and stepped right into playing NBA rotation minutes which as an aside that has to be like surreal right to be like I just signed with this team and now I'm playing <laughs> minutes in a in a meaningful game like that just I don't know that would blow my mind um and I that's probably among many other reasons why I'm not an NBA player but he's got good size he's about six foot four he is was known as a really good defender in his time at Florida State he's older for a rookie he's gonna be 24 in just another uh about a two months at the end of April so that's that's a bit of a knock against him but when you're just looking for depth wherever you can find it this is good and this is what these guys can do is they can seize upon a role and then maybe turn it into a second 10 day then maybe a contract for the rest of this year and a little bit into next season which would be you know great for a guy like him so I don't know if you've seen Raton Mays and have any thoughts on him Con. Yeah, I mean he's he's again a crafty scorer. He he gets his teammates involved. Always looks for the pass while he's driving or just pushing it up the up the court. Um, he's averaging six point one assists a game and six point four rebounds a game in the G League. Uh, so he kind of does it all. Um, and he's thirty four point three percent shooter from from downtown. So he definitely takes a decent amount, almost five a game. Uh, so it, it's just whether or not all of that translates uh, into the big leagues. He is he is pretty creative off the dribble too. Pretty shifty can can get by his guy. Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, I I liked him coming out of Florida State. Being here in Florida, I get to see him play a decent amount, and I think he is a guy who. I don't know if he's ready quite yet to be an NBA player, but this is a good opportunity for him to at least show this can get him a summer league opportunity with somebody and then another spot, you know, maybe a training camp spot with the team uh, coming out of that. He also had that 30 points in the last like four minutes of a game against Miami his freshman year, which was, yeah, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah, can get I hot. That when he went bananas. Yep. Um, all right. We're going to keep, keep chugging along the 10 day train here. Nigel Hayes, 10 day contract with the Toronto Raptors. You mentioned earlier in the show he had done a done a uh, brief stint ten day with the Los Angeles Lakers, and now he's uh, resurfaced um, back up. Interesting enough, both Raton Mays and Hayes are from the Westchester Knicks, so they've had their roster depleted a little bit here with two of their kind of key rotation yeah, after guys. Trey Burke too. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Trey Burke. Yeah, uh, yeah, with the Knicks for the rest of the year. So you know, and that kind of shows you good good job by their G League team. 
you know, hoping to, to build guys up and get them these spots. They were and the best G League team, case. right, for a while now. I think they were, season. yeah. I think they're up there. I don't know there, if yeah. they still are, but <laughs> I don't know if they are with those three guys gone. <laughs> so we'll see. But they, uh, yeah. So what is um, gonna uh, Hayes rather is with the Raptors now. Raptors all of a sudden needing a little bit of depth at the uh, forward spot. They've they've had had some injuries come through. They've actually been starting two way player Malcolm Miller the last couple games. OG Ananobi is out um for just a little bit it sounds like it's nothing serious and he should be back fairly soon but then they started norman powell i don't know what's going on there i don't i i like norman powell a lot they signed him to that extension it was like he signed that extension then was banished from the rotation um which i you know don't fully understand uh i guess what's what's going on with that situation i know delon Wright, fred fred Vin- Fred Van Vliet, that's a tongue twister, have both played really well at the guard spots. And then CJ Miles kind of has that backup three spot on lock. So not exactly sure what's going on with Powell, but now Malcolm Miller is starting at the three for the Raptors. Maybe Hayes, I think he just got to them the day of their, their most recent game, so wasn't quite ready. Maybe we see him steal a few minutes in a game here or there while he's on this 10-day. Well, he's also, at least on basketball reference, it says he's having like visa issues. Ah, um, that's so so that was one of the reasons why he couldn't join the team. And Hayes, when do you it, think you would get that cleared up pri- like, well, prior to locking it in? I don't know. I don't know how the process works. But yeah, and Canada, it's pretty easy to get into Canada unless maybe he has a different passport. Anyway, um, but yeah, Hayes is a guy that I I mean, I felt like he could could have been on an NBA team since the kind of beginning of the year just because of his build and his skill set. So I'm, I'm kind of happy that he's getting multiple shots here. The Lakers have a lot of wing guys, and, I mean, they did go and get Travis Ware, so I guess it didn't work out with them. Uh, but the Raptors do a nice job with developing young talent and utilizing them. So if he does perform at least well enough to earn a rest of the season contract i think the raptors are a great spot for him he is um a bigger guy he's at six eight long wingspan almost seven three wingspan um bulky he he bull in college he bullied his way to the rim a lot and he kind of did the same thing in the g league i don't know how well that would work in the nba but he does have the the physical tools to be able to do it if he gets a mismatch um and he's also shooting 45 percent on five and a half threes a game um on the and the g league so definitely a lot of potential to become a three and d guy who can kind of uh, work his way in mismatches still only 23 years old uh so i think i think he'll have at least a backup like bench player type career in the league for for a while yeah you know i it's interesting that you mentioned how well he's shooting from three because i think what that does is that opens him up to play kind of that small ball four role quite a bit he can can because he's got the length to do it certainly um he was a guy i remember scouts talking a lot about his defensive potential because of his his length yeah, and yeah. size at the you know kind of three four spots so you know he's somebody to watch the raptors did not the speculation was they kept that roster spot open to maybe get involved in the buyout market but i, I my guess is when ananobi's healthy they're starting five is rock solid and really they go if you want to count Powell, they're 11 deep in their rotation. So I just don't know what veterans veterans might've looked at him and like, I, I can't crack that rotation. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. Like if you're a Joe Johnson, 
there's more of a chance you're going to play in Houston than there probably was to play for the Raptors. There's just not minutes there. And they, their bench, you know, some of the, the running joke is their bench might be a playoff team in the East, yeah. you know, alone. I, I think that's maybe going a little far. Um, but, you know, it, it's they're, they're definitely, I would say at this point, if, if they're not the best bench in the NBA, they're certainly up there. Um, at least in terms of production this season. So yeah. I know I, I can't tell you how many Raptors games I've watched where the starters kind of all check out towards the end of the first quarter and it's about even. And by the time they come back in, they're playing with a 10-point lead because <laughs> the bench is just, you know, blown the doors off the opposing bench. So so that is uh, Nigel Hayes to the Toronto Raptors. couple expired 10-day, well, an expired 10-day for Nas Mitru Long, second 10-day with the Jazz. Jazz really brought him up for point guard depth. Raul Neto is back now Dante Exum sounds like any time now he's going to be coming back so no no reason for him Rashad Vaughn was on a second 10 day with the Magic but then hurt his knee and unfortunately has been waived by Orlando it sounds like Orlando will sign Rodney Purvis who is a uh, similar to Vaughn he's a two guard and he's been playing for the G League Lakeland Magic so it sounds like he's going to come up and take that spot the two other 10 days that are be coming right around the corner Jameel Warney of the uh he's been playing with the um Mavericks G League team he is a guy who will come up I believe if I am right on this I gotta look him up I think he was on the USA basketball team um if I remember that right he um was one of the guys that played on that group for Jeff Van Gundy uh he did he was on the America's uh, World Cup qualifier team uh, there and then on the FIBA America team, so he is a uh, you know done quite well um, with those guys uh, and really been a key key kind of guy there. He's a he's a guy I know a lot of people really like him in the G League. He's a athletic um, forward, big kind of rugged guy, six foot seven, but strong. He's two hundred and fifty nine pounds at six foot seven, so big you know kind of rugged inside. Uh, you know Jared Sullinger, but maybe not quite as big <laughs> build um, there. And then uh, Georges. Papianis of the Sacramento Kings. He is going to sign a 10-day contract with the Portland Trailblazers. And he is uh I I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm not sure why. Um don't they, <laughs> don't they have enough big men? Right? Yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to corner the market on all the white big guys that are <laughs> left. You know, I mean, gosh, Myers Leonard can't play for them already. But I will say Zach Collins is coming along. Yeah. And is starting to play really well for them. Um, but yeah, but then they've got Ed Davis, you've got Jake Lehman. Uh yeah, they don't they don't need him. So I'm not I don't know if that's just to work with them in the system or what what the deal is. But he is uh gonna gonna come in there and you know, I mean I guess might as well take a look at him. They'll probably just, you know, have him in practice and then well, they don't have their own G League team, so I don't know where they'll what they'll do with them. So, all right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get back in to the remainder of the show, which is going to be Con and I talking about some young players we are looking forward to watching for the rest of this season. So we'll be right back at you. This is the NBA Front Office Show. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. 
You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We are part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. I'm your host, Keith Smith. I'm joined by our producer, Connorell, and we are going to spend the rest of the show talking about some young players that we are excited to see play the rest of the season. It was it was interesting when we were talking about, about a topic. Uh, Con and I approached this from completely different ways, which I think is really good. He went with some guys who are playing key roles on playoff teams, and I went with guys who are on decidedly not playoff teams um, that I'm excited excited to see so con i'm gonna let you kick it off with your first guy you want to talk about um that you uh want to see play more this season see how their season wraps up yeah so how i kind of went about selecting my guys is who could actually have an impact whether it be off the bench or starting in the playoffs for these teams and one guy on a contender the Cavs, uh jetty osman he since february 7th um that's basically when he played a lot of minutes after just going basically <laughs> yeah. coming off the bench garbage time for most of the season. Um, that's when he started playing above 20 minutes a game. He's been averaging 21.6 minutes, um, nine points a game on 52.8 from the field, 44% from three, only shooting 68.8% uh, from the free throw line. But uh, those splits in scoring are pretty nice. Uh, three and a half rebounds, two assists a game. Kind of does it all uh, in in spurts. Like, he's not great at any one thing. And he's a rookie. I mean, he's not really expected to be great at any one thing. But it's he can really kind of... He can play defense. He, can, he swings the ball, isn't afraid to make the right pass. Sometimes gets a little bit anxious and turns it over on some tough plays that he tries to make, getting the ball, passing it through crowds. Um, but I think that that could also be a good sign for the future that he's at least seeing the passes. Um, we see a lot of uh, great passers early on in their careers um, make those or try to make those hard passes and get better at them as they go. Um, but he really brought the energy for that Cavs team that before the trade deadline was just lethargic. Um, and he was a breath of fresh air. And he's been one of my favorite players in the league because he's Turkish um, I'm Turkish. He came from Anadolu FS uh, last year. Um, and he wasn't really like a big star for them either. So props to the Cavs uh, for doing their scouting um, and, and kind of bringing him in. Uh, I would always kind of, the guys on the bench mob would make fun of me because I would always go after him in the trade deadline episodes we had because <laughs> it was just like a cheap, <laughs> his value wasn't too high. And now, I mean, he started for a lot of games in a row. He kind of moved back to the bench, which I think is his proper role is coming off the bench. But I think if he's the seventh or eighth guy on a playoff rotation for a team like the Cavs, that is huge for a rookie. And I see him having a pet, Pat McCaw type um, impact in the playoffs, like he had his rookie year. Uh, McCaw did at least, um, and yeah. Any, I mean, any thoughts on Osman? Yeah, I, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of the McCaw comp. I, I I like that one though. That is good. You know, McCaw's one of those guys. We we talked about Sean Kilpatrick being uh, bigger than you realize. McCaw is always. It always surprises me how big he is, but I think it's just because he's so skinny 
that I'm yeah, always like, looks hey, longer. Oh, like, yeah, gosh, that guy needs a sandwich. Um, but yeah, back to Jetty Osmond. The thing I like, you, you mentioned the energy. I love the way he runs the floor. Yeah. And if you run the floor with LeBron, you're going to get buckets. Like he just, you know, when, when LeBron's on the break, I think LeBron likes passing more on the break than he likes finishing himself. So, you know, and unfortunately the guys he's had as running mates the last few years, they are guys who more space out to the arc on the break versus going to the going to the hoop. And I've noticed Jetty likes to get out there and run and get to the basket. I, I'm with you that I think he should be coming off the bench. I hope he continues to get minutes. My thought is when either Love or Thompson or both are back, that Nance should stay coming off the bench. And I know that's probably an unpopular opinion around a lot of players, but I think if you can have Nance and Osman and like a Rodney Hood and Jordan Clarkson coming off your bench with the always steady Kyle Korver, now all of a sudden you've really got something. And what you're going to see then is those guys can come in and really change the energy of a game. I am really turn turn it around for that. It's uh, it, it, I I love what the kid kid does. I'd like to see him shoot it a little better. I think for him to really carve out an NBA role, that's going to be what he needs to do. Because let's face it, he's probably I mean what he's gosh he's only twenty he's about to turn twenty three um, next month, and when you turn. 23 you're hoping to have a number of years left in the nba and i don't know how many of those years left they're going to be playing with lebron james so i don't know that he's going to be seeing those open rim runs that he gets off playing well, with lebron well um what do you mean by want to see him shoot it a bit better i mean he has been shooting almost 44 percent from three yeah <laughs> um, I just, since well, he's since he's gotten rotation minutes yeah i guess that well yeah i'm looking as overall mate um, yeah season long profile so that that's probably yeah that's more where i was going um with that one what is his um what how many attempts a game is he at oh he's at I have it's it, not that many right i have it i have it up or i should have had it up hold on i, I can get it i'm, I'm there uh yeah three, it's only it's three it's, attempts a game since since the for the time since period, he started sorry yeah, yeah. So for the okay. time period i'm talking three attempts a game 44 percent from downtown. and that was more what i was like i was more looking at him only shooting just over one a game for the season but yeah but you're right that's not fair that's not the way to you really have to evaluate him since he started playing because before that it was all garbage time yeah and i mean um, you get your rhythm minutes. and he has more confidence now too and another yep. guy like um i mean i spoilers but i'm gonna talk about mitchell in a little bit um both both of those guys seem to just get better every game seem to make less mistakes every game um and i just think that game to game osman is learning a lot and it's i i mean at least to me it's 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 apparent that he's gotten better since he's been starting so i don't know i'm i'll i'm just kind of a homer on him too trying to be objective here but i really want him to succeed so <laughs> no man, I, you know it's funny i always tell people with all these young guys i want them all to do well yeah exactly um, selfishly yeah. as an nba fan the more young players who are better the better health of the league for for years to come so yeah. so i'm with you man i, I want to see him you know do do well as well especially too after people waited on him for for a few years um after you know you started hearing him then he was drafted then he spent a couple more years overseas and then finally came over um that's big so i like that one my first pick is a guy who's on an absolutely rotten team the uh well not that the Cavs aren't necessarily always very good but um for the guy i'm going with is dylan brooks of the memphis grizzlies so brooks is 
the only guy who has played in every game for Memphis this year. So he's played in all 63 games. And I think it would surprise some people to know he started 55 of those games. Now, people might say, well, yeah, they, they stink, so they're not playing anybody. Well, for over half of those games, they weren't in that position. They were still trying to win and play, and he really stepped in and stole. They kind of don't really play small forward, shooting guard. It's more of just a wing um, in their group, and he stepped in and took one of those wing, wing spots um, right away. So his numbers aren't aren't fantastic. 9.2 points per game, three rebounds, a little over one assist, only shooting 44% from the field. But what's impressed me is he's at 36% from three, um, which is, I think, better than most people figured he would be. His defense, it's a little hard to read because the Grizzlies' defense as a team has been really messy. Uh, but I think I think he's got some good defensive potential. If you're not familiar with him, he's six foot six and can really play both the two and the three or the more traditional wing um he can hold his own down inside he's, he's a big kid he's, he's about probably two if i had to guess about 225 or so um so he's you know got a good nba body he played for oregon um you know kind of at times for me got lost a little bit on that really deep ducks team um that made such a good run but i i just i like the kid's game i love his aggressiveness he you know goes head to head with guys with no fear and you know get gets right in there and and what he did to beat out guys on this uh memphis team is pretty solid he beat out ben mclemore who's basically he was a high drafted player and making over five million dollars a year and the grizzlies right from the jump almost well brooks is better we just gotta play him and then they went he Tyreek Evans was more of a bench guy, but then he even beat out James Ennis for a lot of playing time too, who who is a you know NBA veteran and can shoot. So I don't know if you how much you've seen of Dylan Brooks, if you've got thoughts on him, Con. Well, not recently I haven't watched him, but I, I just from the beginning of the season when the Grizzlies started out just really hot, I, I watched a fair amount of of uh, Brooks, and he seems like a classic like uh, high floor type of guy. Um, coming out as a rookie, just playing starter minutes for a team that was playing really well, uh, just knowing his role early on um, and defending, kind of shoot, stretching the floor, uh, making the right pass, and just playing in the in the Grizzlies system, uh, hard nose grit and grind type of guy. So I, I thought yeah. that uh, he would have his start and the Grizzlies start was like, oh wow, this guy like he could finish top five in the rookie of the year race yeah. if you if you only looked at the first 10, 15 games. Yeah. Um and then the Grizzlies kind of became a mess and Dylan Brooks being a rookie, um, it just kind of fell apart. And I mean I have honestly haven't watched too much Grizzlies since the trade deadline. So Well that just makes you smarter <laughs> than me. Um I will say too, I think where he has really suffered is he has played without um a a good point guard for most of the year yeah uh you know Tyreek Evans has had a really nice season but not necessarily as a point guard um and I think Brooks when when Conley was playing it kind of coincides with what you were saying he looked even better yeah. because I think Conley helped get him in the right spots and all those things so we will see ultimately where he goes all right Con, give us your next guy yeah, so my next next guy, another uh, contributor to a playoff team, and this Kelly Oubre on uh, the Wizards. He's, I think, more than just a contributor. I mean, first guy off the bench. He closes a lot of games, um, can start if he needs to. Uh, Twenty years, twenty-two years old this past December, so he's still fairly young. Um, and you know, this is his third year. And a lot of players make a big jump in the third year. And I mean, you could say that he made a big that he's made a big jump, 
But I think his jump is still yet to come, either next year or the year after. Uh, this year so far, 12 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 1.1 assists, but that's double from his assist total last year. Uh, so he's at least looking to pass a little bit more. I think that's one area that he really needs to improve at. Um, although he does spot up quite a bit, so the opportunities aren't there as much for him uh, to find the next man. Um and one thing that I really like from him is his imp- uh, improved three-point percentage, uh, 36 points, uh, 36% from three this year. That's up almost 9% from last year. And he's shooting at a high volume, four and a half attempts a game, um, right at 55% true shooting. And the thing what, that makes him really exciting to me is uh, his his length and how he uses it on the defensive end. I mean, he they, they have him guarding the best offensive player a lot of the times. I mean, the past week or two, he's guarded Durant, Dragic, and Ben Simmons. Uh, I mean, sometimes in spot minutes here and there, but... I mean, he's the he's the go-to defender on the wing along with Otto Porter. Um, I think for him to take the next step, he really needs to kind of... He has added a bit more muscle, but I think he really needs to add strength even more than he has already um, to be able to kind of not get bodied um, by stronger offensive players. I mean, he is the guy that's going to be either guarding LeBron or switched on to LeBron a lot in the in playoffs But um, and against all other wing players that might be a bit bigger. But his ability to play the four and the three, he's great in transition, either going to the rim, running the floor, or spotting up in the corner. Um, and I just think that the Wizards are going to have a tough decision because there might be a team, especially if he makes another jump next year, there might be a team that's willing to offer him quite a bit of money when the cap clears up a bit, the cap market kind of clears up a bit more uh, the following year. Yeah, which just happens to coincide with John Wall's massive contract extension kicking in, and it's, yeah, that uh, that Wizards cap sheet, every time I look at it, it makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, uh, I I will say Bradley Beal, fine, what they paid him, right, He's, he's been awesome this season, and Otto Porter Jr., I think, has really stepped forward and played well, but Wall, we're still two seasons away, I guess a season and a half, or whatever you want to consider it but 2019 20 is when that contract ascension sticks in for kicks in for him at 37.8 million dollar starting salary uh is what that's projected it would be whatever the top tier max is for that year and that's just that's that's scary i you know i'm not i don't know that one's tough but yeah uber i you know you mentioned his improved three-point shooting, and when you play the 3-4 for Washington, you're going to get a lot of open three-point looks. Yeah. Um, just the way their system runs, and then especially when Wall is in there and healthy and breaking down defenses, that, that look is there. We've seen uh, Markeith Morris and Porter uh, kind of live off those those shots in the past. So I, I think that he had to add that part to his game, and that's great to see him do it. I, I do love that he's taken on those defensive challenges. He's been a part of their closing lineups quite a bit. This season, uh, uh, Morris doesn't always close games for them, or sometimes they go really small and they put Morris at the five, and they'll take Gortat out. So I, I like Ubre um, from that sense. And you know, I know any of the Celtics uh, fans that listen to this because they follow my work over at Celtics Blog, they they probably hate him because of what happened in the playoffs last <laughs> year. But he's actually he's a good kid. You know, from all all reports, it sounds like he's, you know, good, hardworking kid. And, you know, those are the kind of things where if if he's on your team and he does something like that, you love him for it. 
because you know yeah look he's tough he's standing up for himself and his team and you know going after guys and then when a guy does it on another team you're like oh he's a piece of crap you know um so it's uh I, I like it. I, li- I like the pick. He's definitely somebody I want to see. If the Wizards are going to do anything in the playoffs, they're certainly going to need him um, to, to step up and be a you know, big part of it as really he's, he, you know, they, they don't they always play him that way, but he really is their, you know, sixth man key, key reserve off their bench. Uh, we'll go to my next guy on the list, John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I love this kid. I loved him at Wake Forest. I tend to fall in love with um, bigs who play like bigs in in college, and that's what Collins did. He you know was was a pretty dominant player um, down at the collegiate level at Wake Forest, especially in his second year. Made a huge leap from his freshman year to his sophomore season, and was really really solid down there i just i I think the the kid can play and he's proven that in the nba he's averaging at this point about 10 points per game seven rebounds per game uh he gets those rebounds he's averaging 2.6 offensive rebounds per game in that mix uh blocking a shot uh a game and his overall field goal percentage 57.8 so uh, really proving he's getting it done and what he's starting to do is he's slowly but surely adding range onto his jump shot the thing i like most is he's only hit seven out of 22 three so no real volume to speak of but you can see his jump shot's not broken he has really nice form as he steps back to shoot it shoots 75 percent from the free throw line which is really good um it kind of is one of the key indicators for success uh, potentially to add that range and one of the things that has been really good is as the season's gone along as i said he's adding range but he's also at 43 percent from 10 to 16 feet which is again another indicator that we're you know, moving that in the right direction uh, towards being able to add a jump shot, which the reality is just in the NBA, you're going to have to do that, if, especially if you're going to be six foot ten power forward. You, you have to be able to shoot it a little bit from the outside or you're putting a lot of stress on your uh, team to build with a center who can really shoot the ball. But I love this kid's game. Yeah, I mean, just look at his teammate, big man, Dwayne Dedman, who... Yep. Just all of a sudden can shoot thirty eight percent from three. Right, um, me and you need to go to the Hawks for like a week and probably bump <laughs> our three point percentage up. Yeah, so I definitely think Collins will stretch out um, his game. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't watched too much Hawks. I know he like his second jump is is really quick. I just wanted to ask you about um, kind of his inside game, his touch around the rim. How how was that um, this yeah, stage in his career? It, it's pretty good. He wants to he wants to dunk everything. He wants to yeah. put guys all the way through the rim, um, which yeah. is you know a little tough. But he's at seventy two percent right right at the rim, which is you know that that's pretty good. Um, could could be maybe a little bit better. Um, the nice thing is he's got good craft in there. Like he's he's not just he doesn't get in just to always try to power through guys. Um, he does have a couple nice moves. Doesn't really have anything towards um turning and facing and shooting any sort of a jump shot just yet. Um, and everything is almost always, you know, one dribble and up for him when he turns and faces um, with that. But he's 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 got the uh, I guess the the right way to um, you know approach things. Um, I, I like that he's you know he he's aggressive and challenges guys. And if you come at him, he's gonna put you on a poster. I mean, I, I don't know if everybody remembers back to that dunk he had in summer league that got the whole gym going. Um, but you know, and then the other thing, he's got an offensive rating of 119, um, which is incredible on a Hawks team that's you know quite they, they, they suck. They're awful. And his defensive rating of 108. So you know, not 
horrible um in that re- respect either so yeah he's he's got good touch around the bucket um and i think that'll only improve what i hope we don't see happen is that he then starts adding the jump shot so much that he loses that inside game you know that's that's my only fear sometimes that happens with these kids that they they start adding your know, range to their jump shot and then the next thing you know they're never down inside anymore and i don't want to see that happen with him yeah is is there a reason why he's only at 23 minutes a game yeah, he um, he he was coming off the bench primarily for the first part of the year while the Hawks were still figuring out what they had. They'd started Ursan Ilyasova for most of his time with the team, and then after the trade deadline is when Collins has really stepped in and been the primary starter. And then he missed a little bit of time. He had um, it uh, it was either a shoulder or elbow um, issue, and you know that you know cost him a little bit of time. So that's been creeping up since he's become a consistent starter, and the Hawks have really transitioned away from any sort of veterans they've they've moved all towards their young guys yep all right con go with your your next guy give us your last guy on your list yeah so i want to get two kind of lower key guys i get although uber and osmond might not be that low key um and then one guy just at the top of the race uh, donovan mitchell he is my uh favorite for rookie of the year right now um, oh, all right. I'm going to have something to say about that one. No, no, please, please do. <laughs> um, I think, well, just my piece on that is that he's an actual rookie, and I think the race is fairly close to tied at this point. And as a tiebreaker, I'm, I'm going with that. Um, but another reason is that he is just willing. I mean, he's doing what Gordon Hayward was doing last year for the Jazz as a as a 20, 21 year old rookie of uh, getting like I said earlier um, he gets better every single game and, and it's pretty visible the, the way he just attacks the space in defenses attacks splits um, and and just gets to the rim wanting to like like John Collins <laughs> just destroy people when he gets the chance uh, on, on dunks and he can finish he his shot is always it always looks the same shot. If he even if he's coming off a screen, he jumps straight up, and that's kind of due to his athleticism. He can get his feet set and jump straight up and stop on a dime, um, better than most. And I just like I really want to see Mitchell in the playoffs. And looking at the West playoff standings, I know this isn't a West playoff standings episode because everyone talks has been talking about that. <laughs> yeah. But but just looking at all the teams, if there was one team that uh, was gonna miss it. I would just, or two teams, I guess, since it's a 10-team 10, 10 race right now. One, I think it will be the Clippers just because they've been there a lot, and it's it's not that surprising, so no one's going to be all... And they have no chance of winning around. Yeah, and then yep. the other team, I think this year I would just be okay with the Spurs just going full, just Man. having having a rough <laughs> off season with the Kawhi issues as well, or at least perceived rough off season. It's the uh, did you see what he said today? I did see what he said yeah. today. So 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 it's he all, spoke, which it's is looking yeah, it's looking up. up, it's looking up for them. But we've seen the Spurs in the playoffs for twenty years. I think just seeing a whole batch of new teams here. Um, I don't want the Nuggets out. I don't want the Jazz out. I don't want you know. But anyway, that's that's my take. No man, well let me touch on the last part you said is because I don't I don't have a lot to counter it. It is kind of funny to to it's it's almost unbelievable to think that the Spurs could miss the playoffs. Yeah, and we all know if they miss, they're probably going to win the lottery. <laughs> Which just seems to be how it works out with them, right? So yeah, so then next thing we know is you know now here's the Spurs with Kawhi Leonard, Lamarcus Aldridge, and DeAndre Ayton. You know, <laughs> or they they would probably actually go Luka Doncic because he's you know foreign guy. Uh, but you know whatever it would be, and they 
you know, just add to it. I just, I, I love to throw this in anytime I have this opportunity. Did you know in their entire NBA history, the San Antonio Spurs have only missed the playoffs four times? I did not know that. That's incredible, right? <laughs> That's <laughs> it's crazy, just yeah. mind blowing. And one of the times that they missed, they ended up with Tim Duncan. So, uh, you know, so good on them. And the other time they ended up with David Robinson. So, you know, so yeah, they, they yeah. would be lottery <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, Mitchell. So, all right. So, I'm going to counter the rookie thing. Yeah. Um, I I don't mind you using it as a tiebreaker. I cannot stand when the people anything nice you say about Ben Simmons, you instantly get this flood of Jasmines. Not a rookie. He is a rookie. You don't have to like it, but that's how the NBA defines oh, it. Yeah, no, that, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. Oh no, I, you know, yeah, I, I just, just think Mitchell's also been chest. crazy. Oh yeah, and man. if and if it's if if it's like that close, just I'd rather go with the guy that hasn't had the off season or off the court training that is the NBA lifestyle. Yeah, I have no issue with you kind of using it like you said if it's that close, you're going to use it as a tiebreaker. That that's that's yeah. perfectly fine. You know, I don't have any issue with that. All that said, I love Mitchell's game. The one thing I find is a little weird is people always want to compare him to um, Dwayne Wade. You hear that comparison a lot. Yeah. He's already a better shooter than Wade ever was. Now, Wade is, you know, phenomenal player, Hall of Famer, you know, all of those things. He's probably, Wade's probably a more, especially when he came in the league, he was a more gifted, natural, talented scorer as far as getting himself into positions and getting into the basket. But Mitchell's jump shot's better than, you know, Wade's never been a great jump shooter. You know, Mitchell's already there. And I loved what you said about how his shot looks the same. He gets squared off of everything. You know, catch and shoots, um, coming off screens, you know, on the break, pull-ups, everything. He's always squared. You mentioned he gets good lift. He's up and down. He has to get good lift because he's not huge. What is he? He's about 6'3". Um, you know, so he's not huge. So he has to get good lift on his jumper. You know, good lift straight up and down and always square to the hoop. You know, and it's just his balance on his shot is so good. And it's uh, this is one of those things that was really funny to, to think this. If I go all the way back to July... You could see some of this stuff at Summer League, and I was not—I wasn't huge on Donovan Mitchell coming into the draft. I, um, I quite frankly, I liked Malik Monk a lot more. And now that he can't even get off the bench in Charlotte, and um, that's not to say Malik Monk might not end up being still a very good NBA player. But I was like, I, I, you know, people were all fired up. But then when I saw him play for the first time in Las Vegas, I was like, oh, there's something here with this kid. That and, and what I like is he's just he, um, he wants it. I know that that sounds kind of silly to put it that way, but he really does. Like he's he's just tough, you know. And I and and you love that, you know, when you see that out of a out of a kid. Just you know, he wants to go out there and he wants to get it. And he wants to beat guys, which is really cool. So yeah, but, I, I'm with you. With but Mitchell. he does. But he doesn't get too high either. Like he nope. he'll he'll hit like shot after shot. Yep. Uh, I was just watching a jazz game the the a couple days ago. I forgot who it was, but um, he was just hitting shot after shot. And on to the next play, like he's he'll hit the shot, and then like uh, dap up all his teammates uh, coming down the court, and like acting yep. like a leader already. And that's yeah. like the poise that he shows, um, along with kind of walking the walk as well. It's it, it's kind of crazy to see. Um, and I would say not Dwayne Wade, but more Dame Lillard um, yes. in his game for hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. And and uh, just to kind of close my thoughts on Mitchell. Could he have come into a better spot in Utah? No, they Utah needed runs, him. Yeah, they need they needed him. They also run a very defined system, which is good. But I think it's also 
credit to Quinn Snyder as a coach because he's even broken away from some of his system stuff. Because you mentioned Hayward. I think he's already a better one-on-one ISO guy than Hayward ever was and probably ever will be, um, which is really good to see. But it's also he was able to come right in, and he's playing with good, smart veterans. I know people... You know, people either love Ricky Rubio or they hate him. One thing, even if you hate him, you can't deny he's a good, smart point guard. You know, he, he makes the right passes. Joe Ingles, very good passer. Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive player in the NBA. NBA. Derek Favors, good quality veteran. Now they've got a guy like Jay Crowder coming off the bench. It's just good, solid, you know, program uh, franchise bill, whatever you want to call it. I just, I really enjoy the way um, he's been able to come in and step up. And it's what you said, they needed it. And it's, you know, I, I obviously I cover the Boston Celtics for Celtics blog. So, you know, thrilled to have Gordon Hayward there, but I, there were, I didn't, didn't have any malice against the Jazz. I didn't want to see this happen, especially when the Jazz did everything right as a franchise. They built through the draft. They made smart trades for young, undervalued assets. They went and got other you know key uh, kind of role players around those guys and grew them up. And then it looked like it was going to be one playoff appearance and done. Even if they don't get it done this year and they can't make up the ground, because as you mentioned, this isn't the Western Conference playoff um, podcast because every – yeah, I'm with you. I listen to all, all of the same ones everybody else does, and uh, they're all talking about it. But, yeah, the Trailblazers at three are only four and a half games different from the Jazz at ten. You know, so any kind of, you know, couple game win streak, couple game losing streak, and all of a sudden those teams are, you know, they're, they're looking at a decidedly different picture. So where I'm going with that is even if the Jazz don't make it up and get there this year, they're going to get there. And they're going to get there when they get there again. It might be for a long time before we see them not there just because they've got these good young building blocks along with good veterans signing good contracts around them for at least the next few years so you know really like what the jazz have done all right we're gonna close it out with one more young player that i'm excited about as you probably know if you're a listener to this show i live in orlando so i gotta give the orlando magic some interest because there's got to be some reason to watch them and my guy is jonathan isaac he has recently returned from a long layoff uh the magic it, w- it was an ankle injury and it was uh, one of those ones where the kind of running joke here in Orlando was this is the longest recovery from a sprained ankle in the history of sprained ankles. But a lot of what was going on was the magic. Or we, we, we mentioned Patrick McCaw needs a sandwich. If he needs a sandwich, Jonathan Isaac needs to eat Thanksgiving dinner every night. Um, he is skinny, skinny, skinny. They list him at 210 pounds at six foot 11. If he's 210 pounds and I am 410 pounds and, and I'm probably closer to that than he's to 210 pounds. Um, He's just so raw as a basketball player, but I love this kid. I love everything he brings, his attitude, his energy, his excitement, his kind of joy to be here um, with with the Magic and be in the NBA. He is long as long can be um, when you see him on the court. I have watched him. He gets all the way down in the defensive stance. I don't know how much you've seen of him, Con, because he hasn't played recently and why else would you be watching the magic right now? But he gets all the way down in the defensive stance, gets those arms out, and then he will rise up as guys drive on him. And he is, I compare him to a pterodactyl because he's just all of a sudden he blocks out the sun and he's right there. And there's just nothing you can do in just limited minutes. He's only playing 18.6 minutes per game. He's averaging 1.2 blocks a game. 
um, which is really, you know, pretty good and also almost a steal per game. So you project that out to the, you know, thir- per 36 and now all of a sudden 2.3 and 1.5, which that's, you know, really good. He is super raw and doesn't understand what to be doing on offense really at all. And unfortunately the magic, they just, they don't have anybody to help him along with that at this time on the floor the the, the magic players if if you're watching there's a lot of guys looking out for themselves at this point um whether it's trying to get their next contract or get themselves to be a you know more exciting trade piece but i love jonathan isaac i think this kid is going to be a really really good player once he's there and with with about you know 20-ish games left in the season their magic are just going to give him playing time. He's still on a minutes restriction for probably about another week, but then eventually you're going to see him by the end of the season. I'd be it will not surprise me if he's playing 25, 30 minutes a night and is really starting to show off, you know, a lot of his offensive game. And, you know, and as, as important as it is to remember too, he's only 20, he'll be 21 just before the start of next season. And I just, I, I don't know. I think the sky's the limit for this guy. And I think the magic definitely have a keeper, which you would hope when you draft a kid, you know as the sixth overall pick in the first round that he's a keeper and i think the magic hit on one yeah and i mean isaac before the draft and coming into this year he was my pick to be like if you were to give me after the top five picks who has the highest chance of being the best player in the draft i would have said jonathan isaac because you always have those guys i mean this year it's looking like mitchell and then you have Giannis, and you have Kawhi, and like those guys later in the draft that end up being the best pick um i feel like isaac's i mean he's i think he still has the potential to be that i mean this is a great draft class so i don't want to put him on that pedestal at all but i'm not gonna uh go get off that kind of take just because of one injury riddled rookie year um he has the physical tools to be a monster he has the range uh to get better like he's not starting with zero range he can actually shoot the ball from three he's he's gonna be a game changer defensively um, I just, I'm really high on Isaac and I really hope, uh, the magic don't mess it up <laughs> because, yeah. because when they took him at six, I was getting so excited because the bulls had the seventh pick. I was like, <laughs> Oh, let's go. We're going to get Isaac. And then he got taken the pick before I'm happy with Markinen. Um, but Isaac was, was my guy coming, uh, into the draft and you know, he still has a lot to prove, but I think he'll get it, get there. For those who might be newer listeners, if you didn't figure it out, Khan is a Bulls fan. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, you know, I think it's a lot of people, at, the conversation now with the Magic has turned into kind of who's keepers off this roster and who isn't. We'll talk a lot more about that when we do our, our Magic uh, offseason preview. But what is interesting to me with their situation this summer is they have an immediate decision, which is, is Aaron Gordon part of the core and is he staying here long term or isn't he they already decided Alfred Payton was not they shipped him on essentially almost gave him away at the trade deadline because they they he wasn't part of it so now with um with Gordon they've got to decide and a lot of people the question that then inevitably comes is can him and Isaac play next to each other well if Gordon can shoot it like shoot it from three like he has for most of the season yes and if Isaac develops his shot even more and kind of gets back to what we saw in his college uh days at florida state the answer is even more so yes because they'll they'll be just fine i think they have the potential to be a pretty special duo uh defensively and then if you get the right five man around them now you're you're really on to something and i think i think that's where the magic you know it's it's 
they have a lot of holes. They're obviously a very bad team. But those two guys, I think they're more part of the solution going forward than they are part of the problem. And that's that's I hope they, they're smart. I think they're helped by something we talked about a lot on the show that the, there's not the this is not the cap environment from the last couple of years where, you know, a million teams have cap space. That's not the situation we're in. And I think that helps the magic as far as retaining Aaron Gordon. I don't think they're going to be forced to, to uh, necessarily match a massive offer sheet, but you never know as a, as the saying goes in the NBA, it only takes one, uh, uh, let, let's stay family friendly and just say jerk. Um, it only takes one to uh, force you to have to pay up, and that that could ultimately happen. But you know, we'll see you know where that goes with the magic. So that's going to close us out here. Con, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and uh, anything else you want to plug. Yeah, so uh, my Twitter handle is at con k a a n underscore or n b a underscore mtd. So con. BA underscore MTD. And I'm making you change that. When I'm you going to remember I'm go- your own. I'm Twitter going handle? to. I'm, I'm going Jeez. to at some point. I just need to, you know, find the right time and the right place. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and then also follow uh, my podcast, uh, The Benchmob NBA. Um, that's at The Benchmob NBA. And go check out our website, TheBenchmobNBA.com. We do a lot of stuff there. We're actually going to uh, start doing mock free agency meetings. So kind of go player, take four or five players and um, each person's going to be a different team and kind of pitch why that player should come to their team and they're going to decide and it'll be a fun time but that's going to start up next week yeah if you can only listen to one podcast make it this one if you can fit two in go ahead and listen to the bench mob because you guys do some fun stuff over there uh if you're listening to this you probably know where to find me on twitter but i'm at keith smith nba no spaces no special characters nothing confusing like cons adding in all this crazy <laughs> stuff um well uh our buddy pete toll he is also there um you can find him he will be back with us hopefully for the next episode uh we're, what we're gonna do is here there will be continued episodes once a week at least but we are rapidly putting together our nba offseason previews we'll start with those teams that are already out of the playoff picture con and i were talking a little bit pre-show about how you don't want to get into talking about a team like uh, Celtics were the team I used last year. You don't want to do it too early and then have a guy like Kelly Olenek have a big playoffs and potentially change what his uh, offseason uh, could look like for him. So we'll do that. We're going to get team experts in here so you won't have to just listen to us uh, blather along about uh, teams and, and their situations and what's going on around the NBA. We'll definitely get some team experts in here to talk through team, people who really know these teams inside and out. We did did a handful of them last year as the show was starting up and they were some of our more popular episodes. So so we will spend it. When we do those, they will be solely focused on that, that team. Maybe a little bit of news if there's anything to touch on. So look for those coming over the coming weeks thanks for hanging in there with us as uh things are kind of hitting a bit of a dead period for the transaction world as we're post buyouts now it's going to be a lot of 10 days as teams are getting ready for the playoffs we will do a playoff preview show it's not necessarily what we do on the nba front off show but Everybody does a playoff preview, so why shouldn't we? And then that way the three of us can go on record and and look stupid at the end of the year when Khan picks the Bulls to make up all the ground in the world and get in the playoffs and shock the world. So um or Pete Pete will probably pick the Sixers to, you know, win a couple rounds and then, you know, we'll see where it goes. So uh but yeah, we're we're really excited for what's to come. Really excited to get into those off season previews. I think we've got some good stuff lined up. It should be a fun off season coming and we will talk more about that 
But again, this has been the NBA Front Office Show, part of the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. I'm your host, Keith Smith, joined by Connorell. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. plug you put the plug in the drain right ah it's on the dock there's a reason they say curse like a sailor Ah. many reasons progressive's boat insurance has you covered quote today at progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates and now an ad from dad save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with progressive Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. Then you can save up for a, I don't know, really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.